Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Print On Demand cast. As always, my name is Josiah, and I am joined once again by Travis Ross, who you can't see it right now, but is at a lovely beachfront property uh, on the (laughs) Skype machine, and I'm jealous. I'm here in frigid, cold Denver, and he seems to be in uh, Puerto Rico or Costa Rica, maybe. I feel like Costa Rica is a good bet. Travis, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm just chilling out here on the beach, um, the virtual Zoom or Skype background <laughs> beach. And it's, uh, you know, it's a balmy 78 degrees. I have the cool ocean breeze, uh, you know, coming off the coming off the screen. And it's it's great, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. I uh, I just maybe maybe a new segment of the show is uh, GTS, which is the Google that stuff. Balmy, uh, the actual definition of the weather. Pleasantly warm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or extremely foolish and eccentric. Those are the two. This is a this is a balmy decision. So, so do I, mean, I get I to know. choose? Do I get to sure. choose? Because I probably meant the second one. Yeah. I feel like I've <laughs> I feel like I've needed the word balmy in my vernacular for quite some time now. Uh, well you're welcome, we Josiah. Know. Yes. You're welcome. And those listening, we have expanded your lexicon. Uh, so you can, you can give us a five-star review just for the education, but in and of itself, uh, Travis, Hey, today is, um, the day that we, we've alluded to some big news in previous episodes, uh, that you might have for the people listening. And it's going to be this week's point of interest. Hey, Johnny, what you doing after school? Oh, what do you have there? Is that a... Is that a knife? <gasps> it's a point of interest. So, Travis, fill us in, man. I mean, I know. So, when I say fill us in, I mean fill all the what? other people listening in. What do you mean? On what Who told happening. you? Who told you? I have sources that are connected <laughs> to the right people to know. What is happening? So I have the inside scoop, but we're going to give the scoops to the people. So, Javis, tell us, man, what what's new with you? Sure. Well, I've got some big news. We um, actually this last Monday, so we're recording this in early November, and this last Monday we moved into our new facility. Um, nice. Mr. Lifestyle Business uh, <laughs> has once again pivoted. Here we go. And uh, yeah, we we now have a fulfillment center. Um, it's it's kind of it's you would think it's a long story, but it kind of happened really quickly um, from sure. kind of conception to where we're at now. I mean, I mean, our I think I think this is episode thirteen or fourteen or something like that. And um, you know, when we started this this podcast, uh, this was not on my grid. This was not on my radar. I was not planning on starting a fulfillment center. I was, you know, content to outsource and content to drop ship all of our products and wanted to slowly expand that. And, um, really, uh, what's happened is 
basically Mike, who's been on the podcast a couple times now, and I have, yeah. uh, we've known each other for a few years and, have, you know, uh, kind of partnered together on some different projects and some software things sure. and some print on demand things. And, um, I mean, the long story is, um, or the, the, the short story rather is that he wanted to get out of the print on demand printing game, um, and has, uh, basically agreed to help me get up and running with most yeah. if uh, most of his equipment and uh create our own fulfillment center he's he's actually here right now helping me uh basically my consultant um for a, yeah. a, a substantial amount of time actually and um we're getting the shop all ready and uh part of the deal is that I'm going to be printing his his products as well sure. as my products and then of course, you know, the goal is to eventually take on new clients and other people that are, you know, doing print on demand, um, yeah. you know, out there in the wild. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. So uh, you have a new facility. How big is this uh, particular facility? How much square footage are you working with and what kind of equipment and printing processes are you inheriting? Are you purchasing from from Mike? Well, um we got uh, we're in 3200 feet which after the trucks were unloaded we quickly realized that we're pretty tight in there actually yeah not as <laughs> big as uh, you thought it was <laughs> you're exactly. need a bigger boat here soon <laughs> yeah i mean it's a great facility um the people that were in it before us actually did uh laser engraving and that's one of the processes oh, cool. we we have two yeah. um two epilogue laser engravers and um so the exhaust, which so laser produces creosote um, when it when it actually lasers the the items, and so you have to exhaust that. And so there was already fans for that, and it you know a roof penetration in the facility. So uh, there was a lot of kind of plug and play for us in this particular nice. location. So that was nice. Yeah. So uh, as far as like what um, products or what you know printing methods we have, uh, we obviously are still doing sublimation. Sure. Uh, we are able to also do DTG. So we also have a Epson F2100 like you guys yeah. do. Yeah. Um, we have the two epilogue laser um, engravers that I talked about. Then we have a couple of uh, Melco embroidery machines. Uh, we have a couple of Mamaki UV printers, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Um, yeah, and then awesome. we have, you know, we have some graph tech so we can do some vinyl um, and then also we okay. have a sandblaster. So uh, lots of potential for all kinds of, you know, yeah. different products. I was actually, before we were rolling, I was joking because in the past, one of the past episodes, we talked about one of the times when we went to Portland to an NBM trade show that's basically mm -hmm. all about printing and, and how we felt like we were drinking from the fire hose because we wanted <laughs> one of those, and one of those and one of those. Yeah. And, and I feel yeah. like. I'm the kid on Christmas and, you know, on Christmas morning now, yeah. and I have one of those and two of those and two of those, yeah. and and, you now, know, now the fire hose is in your, in your own space and you get it, you got a drink from it again, but this time it's, I know. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it's so, pretty crazy. I mean, there's a lot that I don't know and I'm thankful that Mike's been doing this for so long and, and it's going to kind of take my hand and walk me through, sure. uh, that Jackie, his operations manager, who was on the uh, recent podcast as well, is also yeah. here, and she she knows more. She's forgotten more than I know about this stuff. <laughs> so, 
that's so that's awesome. really awesome that, that they're, you know, they're willing to take time out of their lives and come here and be with me, you know, and be with our staff, um, yeah. you know, for this new adventure. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you have uh, on your staff and the team at this at this point? Uh, well, we have, um, you know, Mike and Jackie, and then they brought another person out from California to be with them. They're going to be here through Q4. Um, so that's three of them. And then I have another four besides myself that are full time. Um, you know, and we've basically, I was joking earlier before we, you know, we've, we've just been setting up the shop tomorrow. I think we might actually get to print something. So that's kind of (laughs) exciting, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited. I think, you know, we got to get through Q4. We're going to have, you know, our, we're really, this is, this is literally, we moved in on November 2nd or November 1st. I got the, the, it was a Sunday, but it's literally the second worst month to move in on, you know, December 1st being the worst, um, we could have moved. (laughs) And if this could have happened a month ago, it'd be so much less stressful, but, um, you know, we're going to get through this Q4 come hell or high water. And then in, you know, January, February, I'm really excited to start doing some R and D, some research and development, trying to figure out some new products, some new techniques, um, new things yeah. that we can do with all this equipment. Cause you know, there's a, a lot of people are sublimating mugs. A lot of people are doing t-shirts but not a lot of people yeah. are doing you know uv and and laser and right. you know and so and sandblasting and yeah, yeah and sandblast there's a lot of really cool things that um we have an opportunity to do and so you know the challenge is going to be finding the time to do that but i think that's always going to be the sure. challenge in any business is to find time to do something new yeah. before it's actually paying you to do it um, right. but that's part of, that's part of the journey is like trying to figure out the way to, I mean, I've always talked about how I want to scale, um, you know, and, and have a large, yeah. uh, print on demand business. It was going to be through drop shipping. Now it's going to be through production. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You, you'll probably have to have at some point, like just an R and D team, like a research and development team where you have like <laughs> two people, this is your job print on something you've never printed on before. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to almost have to have people that are des- dedicated to that. Cause like you said, time is, is uh, sparse, sparse, especially when you're trying yeah. to build and grow with all those different printing platforms. So that's yeah. super exciting, man. And, uh, well, let people know what is the name of the, the it's make your mark design. Is that correct? Is that still what yeah, you're rolling with? Yep. Uh, Make Your Mark Design is the name of the company. Um, don't go to that website yet because there's really nothing there. Uh, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, eventually we'll we'll kind of build that out. We just, like I said, everything's, um, we're drinking from the fire hose right now. And yeah. we're hoping that come, you know, come 2021, we'll be able to start taking on clients and onboarding them um, to do some of these, these new products that we're able to create. Yeah, we're that's excited. awesome, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Super excited for you, and it'll be fun to see where where it all goes. And knowing uh, you and how this wasn't in your your uh, your realm of of possibility, you know, <laughs> three months ago. We'll see. Yeah, I we'll know. See. It'll be it'll be fun to see where it goes. But uh, so one thing that you mentioned uh, that everyone is doing a lot of is, is sublimating mugs. So we're actually going to use that as a very uh, uh, good segue. I'll say it's a decent segue into the main event. So the main event on this uh, particular episode is sublimation. Now we've talked sublimation 
here and there and mm-hmm. like past episodes, but we've not really done something uh, in depth for people to know. So what we're going to do is kind of um, walk you through you, the listener, uh, how you sublimate a mug. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess the first thing, Travis, if you want to drop some more knowledge on the people you've already uh, educated us with the word balmy. So we'll let you keep <laughs> educating us on this episode. What is sublimation? So sublimation is a process in which um, you uh, use dyes to um, to transfer from the ink or the dye or the paper that you put the ink on or the dye. I keep saying ink. It's not ink. It's dye. You put the sure. you put it on the paper, and then you you actually are using heat and pressure to transfer that dye into a polyester substrate. And what a substrate is, is just something that you use in sublimation. So it can be a coffee mug. It can be a puzzle. It can be an aluminum sign. Anything that you can put a polyester coating on and apply heat and apply pressure, um, enough heat and enough pressure, you can cause sublimation to happen. I know that was super impressive and, and insightful. <laughs> you were speechless well, you, for a minute. You, you I could were, tell. You, were, you, you mentioned puzzles, and my mind went, "Oh yeah, I, we gotta still work out that <laughs> process here because we're trying to figure out puzzles." So, uh, so let's say, um, you know, you want to supplement a mug. Well, the first question is, what kind of mug is it? Is it a white mug? Is it a black mug? Is it you know what? What are you looking to work with? So, if it's a white mug, the process is a little bit more. Uh, simplified or simple, more simple compared to a black mug. Uh, why is that, Travis? Why, if someone has a black mug with the long white square, you know, you know the 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 wrap basically mm-hmm. that's blank. Yeah. What's what are the challenges when you're trying to sublimate a black mug as opposed to just a white eleven ounce coffee mug? Yeah. Well, you you kind of gave it away a little bit there because um, I, I think uh, you know maybe some of our listeners wouldn't even know what the difference between a white mug and a black mug is when you're actually sublimating it. So a black sure. mug um, is, like you said, it's going to have a white kind of rectangle all around it, except yeah. for like the very top, the very bottom, and the handle, and then behind the handle. That's all going to be right. black. And and so when you actually – remember, we are working with dyes. And so if yeah. you know anything about dyes – you know that there's no such thing as a white dye. You can't dye sure. something white. Usually you take something white or light color and then you yeah. use dye to give it color. And so yeah. that's exactly what you're doing with this black mug. That white area, you actually are going to turn black and whatever design color you're using in your right. actual design. So um, the challenge, and you alluded to this in your question, is that the challenging part is to match the black of the mug and the black of the dye, you know, right. that you're using on your transfer paper. And we'll talk about paper, you know, and printers sure. and all that stuff sure. later. But, um, but yeah, you have to match that. And so you're gonna, you're probably gonna go through a few mugs, you know, to try to figure that out. On a white mug, yeah. obviously. You, you don't have – you're basically going to have – you're not going to have any ink behind your design. Sure. So you're just going to have your design on a, on a blank piece of paper um, or a big, yeah. bl- blank transfer sheet 
where on a black mug you're going to have uh, your design on top of black ink or you know in sure. mixed with black ink to sure. match the rest of the mug. So it's yeah, a little, so have little you, tricky. Have you, have you tried uh, sublimating on like a black mug before? I imagine it's just a process of enough heat enough uh, to match the blacks. Is it just the heat and the time that you leave it in there to get that black dye, mm-hmm. you know, to be dark enough to match the the rest of the mug? Is that the secret? Uh, have you done yeah. that before, or what's the experience I have, there? I have not done that. I do have a friend who does pretty well with the black mugs. Um, I've never sublimated one myself. And uh, we don't actually do that at Make Your Mark yet. We haven't, you know, that's sure. not part of our uh, catalog at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I think it really is the amount of time and the amount of heat. Um, if you've done any sublimation, um, you when you overcook a mug or, you know, leave it on too long mm-hmm. or overcook it mm-hmm. with heat, too much heat, it can kind of turn brown. Uh, the yeah. blacks can. And so that obviously that's not going to work. So you really sure. probably, and I, again, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff. It's going to come down to, like you said, time and heat and trying to figure out what the recipe is. Um, I mean, and that's the thing about sublimation. Every single substrate has a different recipe. It may need hard pressure or maybe a little lighter right. pressure or it needs this this amount of heat. Maybe it needs a little less time, a little more time. And that can that can vary by heat press. That can vary by substrate. That can even vary by uh, paper, uh, printer paper, transfer paper. It can vary by printer model. Right. What, what dyes are you using? Are you using sublajet dyes with uh, uh, with a you know a sawgrass or are you using Epson um, sublimation? dies it it really depends on you know what you have at your disposal to to really kind of get those recipes right. right to get that real vibrant amazing print that you can see on a lot of sub uh, sublimated substrates right so let's let's say that we are going to uh you know we've got the mug and so now we talk about printers and the hardware yeah. that's involved in that. Uh, what, what are the options? I know we have we've talked about sawgrass in the past, but I know you in the beginning did something a little different when it came to um, the printer that you used for for the dye process. Yeah, we're printing them on on the on the transfer paper. Sure. Yeah. When I first started. Um... I bought a, and I, I forget the actual model number. I want to say it It was an Epson, it was a C88, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, it's really crazy because there's a lot of people that are, you know, kind of hobbyists that are jumping into the sublimation market. And um, right. these C88s are not necessarily being uh, sold anymore, or, or, or I think, and uh, the prices when I bought them, I think you could get one for like a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars. I've seen them now go for as much as six hundred to seven hundred dollars for a hundred-dollar printer. It's absolutely crazy because it's it effectual. It I mean, effectively, is just a you know a inkjet printer, and and it sure. has regular ink in it. And then what you do is you have this kit that's called a CISS kit or a CIS kit. And um, you basically run your lines from your dye tanks into the print heads themselves, and and you're basically making it 
uh, a makeshift dye sublimation printer instead of using ink you're using dye sublimation and and that sys right. kit was like you know i don't know 40 bucks or something like that and then your inks or or your dyes rather are pretty cheap um so that sure. was how i started and then i i graduated um to the same machine that you guys uh have which is a uh a sawgrass, and I had yeah. I, I had an SG four hundred and an SG eight hundred. Um, I bought the eight hundred because it you can get it a little wider, um, right. and I a little larger I wanted format, to be right. And yeah, and so you could do some of those bigger, um, you know, aluminum signs and thing, sure. things of that nature that you can use on a flat press because typically. You know, the flat presses that you see out there are usually 16 by 20. And so I wanted something that could print close to that width. And um, whereas the SG400 doesn't print that wide, um, right. but it's still it's it's a, it's great for mugs. It's absolutely great for a lot of things. I mean, you can do yeah. tons of things with the SG. And they've actually recently released the SG500 and the SG1000, which are kind of just upgraded versions of what both of us have. Um, and then there's the one that, um, Oh, what is it called? I'm going to Google it really fast. Uh, the one that we just got, let's see, what is it? Epson. um, gosh, what is it called? The 3170, I believe. And uh, the T3170 and it's pretty dang new. Um, really wide it goes up to like 24 inches wide uh which is pretty awesome and i mean it's a couple grand but um mike had recently invested in this um and moved up to it and so it kind of came with mike (laughs) and so we've got that one um haven't really haven't even seen anything printed from it i just remember when he first got it uh we were talking and he was talking about how amazingly vivid the colors were the cool thing about this particular Epson is that um, the inks are not cartridge based. They are bulk fill. So you basically buy a bottle and you fill your inks, which normally when you have a, um, a bulk ink system and not a cartridge based system, you pay a little less for the ink. So that's kind of cool. Um, Obviously the printer is, you know, it's not a beginner printer. It's a couple grand to start off with. Um, But those are some options for printers um, there's there's obviously much much larger sublimation printers that do much wider format uh, because you can get sure. into cut and sew They're, stuff yeah. and you know yeah. like big like trade decor. show yeah 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 trade yeah. show banners and just you know the whole deal yeah. but for, I for the hobbyist or for just, the beginner yeah they just come off the rolls you know they're just the large format ones just kind of yeah those are those are next level which is super cool to think about you know but like you said for the hobbyist for the beginner then yeah i think sg400 you know where we're at is is a good mm-hmm. starting point so what about paper what does paper make a difference is there one paper that's is superior to another brand of paper what have you found uh success with when you're doing mugs mm. yeah so there are kind of a few schools of thought on paper and i um I have actually tried just a regular inkjet paper to sublimate, and it works okay. I mean, it works fine. You, it's it's actually pretty dang good. the The thing about that is, is that because a lot of the inkjet paper isn't super thick, I have sure. to put 
the transfer on it, and then I have to wrap another piece of paper around it because I don't want the bleed to get on yeah. my heating element. You know, if I'm using a right. press or if I'm right. using wraps, I don't want that 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 dye, you know, to ruin that heating element. So I use right. two pieces of paper. Okay. Um, you know, I've I've always just bought the. You can also buy like regular uh like eight and a half by 11 sheets different size sheets depending on your printer um i've always bought just the the pre-cut stuff that's like i, I want to say it's like four and a half by nine and a half or four by nine and yeah. a half or something like that yeah. um and i think you guys you guys use the same stuff right yep yeah we just use the one i think we get them from from coastal i believe coastal business supply like you're saying yeah i think um I think it's text print is is one of the brands that we use and they um it's a little bit thicker paper so it doesn't bleed through and the prints come out great yeah yeah so you're talking about cooking and talking about a press there's a couple of different ways to do this a couple of different methods of cooking uh, when we started out and i know when you started out you're just we're just using presses you just slide the mug and there's you know you can do two at a time i believe the, i think there's up to like four right like a four mug press um, mm-hmm. where you, where you take the paper and you tape it on there with the heat, the heat tape, and then you just clamp it down for however many seconds that you're wanting to cook it and you pop it. But the key is to have enough pressure, which is why if you're going to cook it in an oven, which we have some convection ovens cause of the airflow, uh, mm-hmm. to, to make sure that it goes correctly. So we have the wraps. So the key to it is not only heat, but you got to get enough pressure. Like you were saying, because otherwise if there's no pressure there, then it's just going to bleed out and you're not going to be able to see what the design is supposed to be. So you have to have that pressure. So do you guys, we use, we have two ovens here that I'm looking at now. Um, we can do six at a time. You know, we, we heat it up to 425 and it's about 12 minutes for a, a batch of six. So we can do mm-hmm. 12 mugs at one time. Um, and then, you know, unwrap them and we, uh, and then you move on to the cooling process. But what are you guys using? Are you still using the presses? Do you guys have some some ovens that you're going to be using there at the new fulfillment center? Or what's that going to look like, and which method do you prefer? Yeah, so we we're uh, which do I prefer? That's a great question because, um, <laughs> like it, when I had my old my my facility uh, before about a year ago, I had a, a conveyor oven. It was a Hicks conveyor oven, and I could yeah. put you know, three across this conveyor belt that basically took it into the oven. And then on the other end, there was a blower that would blow down on the, on the mugs. And so when they came off of the conveyor, I could literally grab them with my hand. They were cooled and I could take off the wraps and that was pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. That's a big, that's a big advantage because I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I I don't even know. I think I might've burnt off some fingerprints. I'm not sure what, (laughs) but but you have those moments where you grab some, you grab a wrap that you think is cooled down, and it's not cooled down. You accidentally grab the mug, or uh, so yep. having that that fan there at the end of that process is definitely an edge up. But uh, what are you guys going to have now? Are you guys going back to presses, ovens? What's what's it going to mm-hmm. look like? Yeah, we're going to use presses uh, primarily because of the different attachments you can put on them. We we do a couple of different uh, uh, latte mugs that have like um, you know their they're not the taper on a perfect. Cell. yeah, they have a taper. Exactly. And, yeah. and so, and then we also do, um, we do some shot glasses, which again, are, have the taper. And then we also do some like water bottles. So they're really long. Yeah. And those water bottles were actually, cause I looked at doing those a year ago with my oven, but they were too tall to get yeah. into the oven. 
Um, so I was never able to do it. So, so uh, there's a lot more flexibility you can get with, um, you know, with uh, the the presses. the presses, and then the other the other thing with the presses is overall. I mean, if you're comparing, you know, six to ten presses on a table versus a you know, a Hicks mug oven that new is, you know, 16 grand or something. You can buy a heck sure. of a lot of presses for 16 grand. Sure. <laughs> now I know you guys are using, um, uh, more, more of a, like a, uh, almost like a desktop or a countertop convection oven that you can get yeah. for, you know, a hundred and 125 bucks and you can do six yeah. of those. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of right in between the press and sure. the and big the, conveyor the large. Oven. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. The, I want to go, I want to go back to the presses real quick and, and ask you a little bit about, you said, you know, there's a little, little bit more diversity. Are there just different, uh, attachments you can put on the press for like the, the tapered cut, the tapered cut uh, mugs yeah. and the shot glasses. What does that look kind of explain what that process looks like? And, and as far as the different attachments and, and all of that goes. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of different websites you can buy these heat presses. I mean, when I first started, I just went to eBay and found some Chinese manufactured presses. <laughs> right. um, yeah, you, you know, to, I those... remember going to ASD and we we saw um, on the floor there. Which, for those of you listening that haven't been to ASD, it's like I don't know three or four football fields of just convention <laughs> floor of anything you could think of to sell. And they have they have um, people from overseas. Uh, from China that are there, some manufacturers that you can meet with, and you can always tell that the people that have just gotten there and then aren't quite over the jet lag because they are literally <laughs> asleep at their table. I mean, because the, exactly. the time difference and the amount on the plane has just got to be unbearable, so I can't fault them for that. It's just funny to see all these people just passed out in suits and ties on these <laughs> on these little plastic <laughs> tables. But I remember I remember passing by you know multiple booths, and and they do have the kind of the Chinese um, non brand specific eight mug press and the four mug yeah. press and there's all kinds of stuff. So you just went on eBay and, and found one of those for, for cheap, just, yep. just as you were starting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I got one of those for 150 bucks or something as a dual mug press. But the problem was, is that the heating elements weren't very reliable and they kept burning. They would, they were not oh, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so they would like not be, uh, they would be too, there would be too much variation in the heat. And so eventually sure. they would stop they'd start burning my mugs or whatever. And I'd have to, you know, order another one. And I probably went through five or six of those things before I just said, you know what, this is kind of dumb. Uh, I eventually yeah. went to uh, a website called heat press nation and, um, ordered some single They're They're, they're a little bit more. They're probably, I want to say they were like three or 400 bucks for a single press, which I was getting two presses for 150, which is why I kept going back because I thought I was getting a good deal. Um, but I actually ended up buying two of those presses, even when yeah. I was, even when I still had my mug oven just for, you know, cause I didn't want to fire up my mug oven. If I forgot, you know, like at the end of the day, Oh crap, I didn't do this one. I didn't want to have to fire the thing up again. So I just do it in the press. So I bought two of these, one for 11s, one for 15s, but you can also buy all these attachments and all you do, there's like four screws on the thing. Um, and the, and then you plug in the heating piece to it. And these, they, I think you can buy six or, you know, six or more, um, different types of attachments that are kind of interchangeable with, with these particular heat yeah. presses. And that's what we're going to be using in our new facility. That's awesome. 
So are you guys just then get, cause I guess the next step is after method of cooking would be how are you going to cool them? Uh, mm-hmm. cause like you said, they're, they're very much hot to the touch. So, uh, you can either, our method is what I'm, what I'm calling, uh, baptism cause we just dunk them <laughs> in a thing of water. Uh, as soon as they're out of the oven, we unwrap them, we tear off the paper and just put them in the water and, and let them cool there. Or you can air dry them. And I've heard you more, I've heard you say before, uh, when you've been here and we've been, you know, processing stuff and you say, you're not, you're just, that's still sublimating. Why are you, why are you putting it in the water? You don't let it just sit for a second. So do you have a preference as opposed to <laughs> letting it, letting it air dry or is there, uh, is there an advantage to that? Uh, like I said, we, we baptize our mugs. Yeah. Um, and you guys probably just going to air dry them. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that when you guys are doing your, uh, convection oven, you have that wrap around it. And so I think the thing that I'm saying is like, Oh, you're taking off the wrap. It hasn't cooled at all yet. That's there's still, that's right. That's that, right. <laughs> that is still hot yeah. enough to actually be sublimating. So if you touch that mug in the wrong way or whatever, you can still kind of smear that, that, uh, dye, and and cause it to kind of mig- they call it dye migration when the dye doesn't go where you want it to and that can be happen you know because you you don't have enough pressure on it like your wraps are are old or you don't have enough pressure on the press or you know there's different things that can happen um, and it kind of gets blurry or smeared a little bit and you can kind of see maybe the top or the bottom sure. if you don't have con- uh, enough air in the convection oven moving around um, it can heat unevenly and that can cause dye migration um, but that. That's what I was talking about. But so for us, we're, yeah, we are literally yeah. going to um, take off, we're, we're going to take them out of the thing, take off the, the paper and set them on a table and let them just air dry. Cause we're going to have enough yeah. um, just over time. We'll have enough, you know, mugs going through sure. the presses that uh, we'll have sure. plenty to do and let them air dry. Yeah, You can afford to let them just them. sit there and then go, yeah, go yeah. to the next handful of mugs that you're doing. So this is, this is something that I think is important too, and maybe maybe overlooked. But packaging these things to ship is is very, mm. um, it's an important element of the whole thing. Because if you if you just go for the cheapest route, sometimes it's not necessarily the best way. Because uh, you know we've we've literally been in, in our shop where we will will get a box that we buy like oh yeah this thing's much cheaper and I'll put it in the box and. because you are going to get some returns you are going to get some broken mugs and that's just part of the game but but it's good to try and mitigate that as much as possible so when you're looking for packaging right now we have some cardboard boxes and we just put some bubble wrap um around the mug and box it up and it seems pretty snug and we still get a little bit of broken mugs return not a whole lot uh at all but what are you looking for when you're looking for you know a, a packaging solution when you're shipping out these mugs yeah, it's really kind of a you're trying to walk the line between um saving some money cuz you don't want to break the bank on your packaging, but sure. you don't want to break the bank on returns either. <laughs> you don't want to break the <laughs> <Right>. mug. <laughs> right. Um and so yeah, I mean, I've gone through a lot and so have you a lot, a lot of different packaging options. One um I believe uh I started when I started doing it, I was buying them from Coastal Business Solutions and they have a um basically like a a container or a, a styrofoam, like two sides, kind of with a mug cut out in the middle. You put yeah. it on two sides, and then you put that inside of a box. And that was sure. that was my packaging for the first year, probably. And 
they have that for the 11 ounce mug. Their 15 ounce mug um, option is a little different. It actually has a styrofoam on the top and the bottom of the mug that don't touch. And in my experience, that is a much less safe way to ship these mugs so that we would get more 15 ounce breaks from that particular style. Um, so we, we actually ended up moving away from that to, because you can, you can spend almost a dollar, you know, uh, dollar 50 even on packaging when you, you know, when you're doing it that way. Um, and so we ended up doing it like you, you know, we've kind of found the box that works we got some medium sure. sized bubbles and uh and then when we run out of medium we have we'll like do two or three wraps with the small bubbles or you know we kind of just right. make it work right. and um yeah. and then when we had our facility in um you know l- last year in Longmont we ordered um boxes that would take that would I could put two in that I could put four in that I could put uh mm. eight in and I yeah. could put 12 in and so if I got a bulk order, even if it was, an, you know, if it was five, I just grabbed the box for six, put an air pillow in that sixth spot. And I had a, I had all of them in there um, and then another box to go in that. Uh, it, it was just a little more secure. Um, how do you guys how do you guys do your multiple <laughs> orders when you get them? <laughs> oh man well cat's currently... out of the bag josiah yeah here we go <laughs> you guys want to hear some ingenuity uh we don't we don't have uh those fancy multiple boxes what we've do what we do at the moment actually is if we get an order for four we package them individually and then just tape the hell out of them <laughs> so then it's just a larger box shape mm-hmm. but it's four mugs and so far you know we haven't gotten any issues that none of them you know yeah. we haven't gotten any complaints or no breaks but it's just kind of a mm-hmm. quick and dirty way to to get it done uh and it seems yeah. to be working for now um so yeah that that's how we do it so you know i whatever what do we have to do i'm sure um you know as q4 comes along we're getting more orders and th- there is this there is this happy medium like hey this guy ordered 12 mugs and i'll say uh you know, that's great. I'm not taping 12 boxes together. Mug <laughs> boxes. It's not happening. So find me another larger box, put these 12 in and we'll send it that way. But I'm not right. taping 12 together and having this albatross of cardboard that I'm carrying to the, to, to our poor folks at the post office saying, Hey, this is priority. Good luck fitting it in anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't want to totally. be that guy. So there, there definitely is. There's, there's a line there in that yeah. particular practice, but you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. So, um, so would you say, Travis, that you know, I feel like sublimation, like you were saying, you can get into it fairly inexpensively, and it's something if someone's out there looking for a, a foot in the door of the print-on-demand business, it's a good option, and that's that's how we got started in the print on demand business. That was our first kind of venture into it. So for someone that's listening, that is, is contemplating kind of finding something to start on. Um, what are the pros and cons of sublimation? Why not? Or why would, why should you, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, take that venture if you're a hobbyist, that's kind of trying to figure out a beginning stage. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think 
barrier to entry is pretty low. Like at least as far as the financial barrier to entry, it's pretty low. It's not, you know, you're not, you can get into it for, you know, a few hundred dollars probably. Um, and, and fulfill your first, you know, your first 30, 40 orders, uh, for a few hundred dollars. And, and which is pretty awesome. You know I mean? You basically have your own business for three or 400 bucks. That's pretty amazing. Um, on the downside, I think, you know, since we got started, there's there's a heck of a lot more people selling coffee mugs. It's become a lot more trendy. Um, there's a lot more competition. And so you really sure. do need to spend some more time on your designs. Um, make sure that your designs are on point. Your research is on point. Your listings are on point. Um, you know, make sure don't just throw anything up there. Do a little research. Figure out, you know, yeah. some good keywords. Um, but uh, you know, there are also, also other options to get into the print on demand game. You know, you could potentially get a vinyl cutter and do some t-shirts. Mm-hmm. That's a very yeah. inexpensive way to do t-shirts, particularly if you're in a city that has like a fulfillment, um, you know, a t-shirt manufacturer in the city or close by that you can like, sure. so you don't have to stock all of the sizes and all the colors. You can offer whatever you want and you know, you can get it within a day or, yeah. you know, a day or two, and then you can, you know, make the vinyl, get the heat press, um, yeah. you know, and then if once you have a flat heat press, man, there's there's a lot you can do. Obviously, vinyl, if you get a yeah. sublimation printer, um, you could, if you order, you can order uh, polyester clothes. I know a lot of people yeah. do onesies, uh, yep. you know, polyester onesies. And, you know, you can do pretty much any color you want on a white polyester onesie looks super cute, you know? So there's, there's just so many options, um, in not only sublimation, but, you know, print on demand that you don't have to really break the bank to get into. If you are, you know, kind of that do it yourselfer type of person and you want to like, you know, just try, try it out and kind of figure it out. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what I did. That's what you guys did. And here we are, you know, many years later and we both got our own production facilities and we're moving (laughs) on to other, uh, other decorating techniques, you know? Now I want to ask you something before we, before we, uh, put a bow on it, as I've noticed, I've said at the end of almost every episode, uh, (laughs) I was, I was looking recently on coastal business supply and there is a sawgrass sublimation printer that is for cotton dominant products huh so so have you heard anything about that it's 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 the, it looks just like the sg400 uh but it prints and it is compatible with cotton dominant and not necessarily always you know the polyester dominant which could be an interesting you know uh turn of events and in, in, in this hmm. technology because you know if you have a 100 percent cotton or a cotton dominant onesie or white t-shirt and you're wanting to start and you're doing white and grays and onesies and now the ability to sublimate cotton is there and i don't want to speak to it with any kind of certainty because i literally just saw it clicked on it read a little bit and thought that's a little that's kind of fascinating uh mm. to me that that's out there and i just didn't know if yeah. you had heard uh about that up, up until this point i've i have heard some okay so one thing so first of all i'm going to say i'm pretty sure it's not using sublimation um as sure. the technology uh but it could be using i know that a lot of people will use like a sawgrass printer and they'll use 
uh, I, I want to say they're chloroplast inks. So it's a different kind of ink. Um, and so that could be what you're seeing on that site. But yeah. I do think we should we should maybe like look into this and, and do a point of interest on it because that's interesting to me too. If there's a yeah. way to take, you know, if I can take my sub, my, uh, my uh, uh, sawgrass SG400 or SG500 and now I can sure. do both polyester and cotton. Well, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's kind of a game changer. So I'd I'd be interested in learning a little bit more of that. So we should we should probably not say anything more. Yeah. yeah nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I steal actually, our thunder. I, I, have, I have it. I I just I just googled it and I have it in front of me. But let's let's put a let's pause. And let's uh, not put a bow on it. Don't put a bow on no, it. We put enough put a bows bow on, it. on that. Yeah. Yeah. No more bows. What is this? Q4. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll save this particular talking point for our next point of interest. Um, but I will get that link to you uh, here shortly. Uh, but anything else, Travis, before we wrap uh, up this episode this week? No, I, um, I, I'm glad we kind of got this out there. I mean, this is kind of just knowledge that's in our head uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We've figured out the best way for us to do it, but I know that there's a million other ways for people to to kind of do this. There's other there's other machines out there. There's other yeah. You know, there's just a yeah. whole bunch of other and things. I think I think this is one of the topics that uh, when we went on Helen's show, March Money. Uh, this is one of the I, I don't remember if it was something that she had said that she wanted to know more about, or one of her viewers or listeners kind of commented and wanted to know more about sublimation, but. It is something that we've done for so long that it's easy to kind of discount the the experience we have. I mean, we've talked about the imposter syndrome a handful of times right. on this show, um, but it is good to kind of get this particular topic out there and 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 start the discussion about it. Um, and as always, if you're listening and you have more questions and you want to know more about sublimation, or maybe you have a technique that Travis and I haven't talked about, we don't even know about, but it's a game changer. We want to know. So email us at info at printondemandcast.com. You can find the show, of course, printondemandcast.com and all of the major uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Play. I, that's all I know. Do you know any more? I think that's like the big three. That's the big three podcast platforms. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all we're going to talk about because the other ones haven't paid us enough to talk about them. That's true. That's true. Yeah, the other ones don't exist until we start seeing some income. So uh, – iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. As always, leave us a rating and a review, and please subscribe. It helps our analytics. It helps us get in front of more people that need this knowledge and need this information so that we can help everybody grow their business. So uh, with that, as always, I'm Josiah. This is Travis here with me, and we will see you next week here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya.
thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. supposed to avoid legal snags by telling you that I'm recording. That's what Skype said. I don't know that so. you can avoid that with me. I'm uh. pretty pretty litigation happy. <laughs> Love litigation. I mean, do you see where I'm sitting? Do you think I just got this on my own? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs>